0: We are back with Florence resident and Emmy Award-winning filmmaker Larry Hott and his review of two documentaries. Hi,
1: Larry. Good morning, Natalia.
0: You have two films you're going to talk about today that seemingly don't have much in common.
1: Well, they have one very important thing in common. They have the same director. Uh, And the reason I chose uh, both of these is they're very relevant. They're not new films, but they're excellent films. And I was reminded about the first one the uh, one about Cory Booker called Street Fight because of the special election this past week in the Georgia House for the seat of Tom Price. Uh, and it got me thinking about election documentaries, of which there are many. And one of the best ones, this, this one called Street Fight, it's a 2005 film by Marshall Curry, and it was nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, why do you think election uh, documentaries are so powerful? What is the key element? Drama drama. And why is that? Because you don't know what the outcome is. It's just like courtroom films. They're great for documentary because they have a natural narrative arc. And this one does too. Uh, now, this is a film about Cory Booker. Uh, who's Cory Booker? Question for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Not a trick question. <laughs> Cory Booker is now pretty well known. He's the senator from New Jersey, and he's often thought of as a possible candidate for president. He's a black man, Uh, I'll talk to you a little bit about his resume in a second. Um, I actually, when I was in Washington for the march after the inauguration, I ran into him with a bunch of other people. People started screaming, there's Cory Booker. Immediately, people started taking selfies with him. Very charismatic guy. Well, this is a film about when he was not well-known at all. So we think of him as this senator from New Jersey. uh, But back in 2002, he was pretty much a nobody. He was a a mere city councilor in Newark and he wanted to run for mayor. And the only problem was that he was up against James Sharp, who was both the current mayor and a sitting New Jersey senator, and the head of a large and largely corrupt Democratic machine in the city. Okay, so now you're thinking, if you don't know this story, we have this young, black, charismatic kid who's going to run against the machine Democrat, who's also a well-known black politician. So we have black-on-black race in Newark, New Jersey, this is probably a good time to play a clip from *Street Fight*.
0: I'm running for mayor, and the reason why I'm running—three reasons, real quick. For the last 32 years of your life, you've had the same leadership. We ain't going nowhere, and we don't need no carpetbaggers coming in here telling us how bad we are. Stay out!
1: Drop, drop. This
0: is not just about nowhere. Tonight. This
1: is about the nation. We're not going to win this campaign on TV. We're not going to win this campaign on radio. We're going to win this campaign in the streets. Well, this film is called Street Fight. It's not a metaphor because there were real fights. The mayor, James Sharp, wields enormous power. He uses the police as bullies, and he arrests Booker's friends. He harasses him while he's campaigning in the projects, and he even attacks the filmmaker, Marshall Curry. He has the police attack a filmmaker during campaign stops. Meanwhile, Booker is getting support from people like Spike Lee and Cornel West, and in, for me, one of the most memorable scenes in the film is they go outside of Newark to Tony, leafy Montclair, New Jersey, a suburb, and there, people are throwing money at Booker because they're so tired of James Sharp's shenanigans. And the point is that Booker, for all his charisma and talent, can't match the deep pockets of his opponent. Um, Curry The filmmaker has incredible access to Booker. He's almost living with him. And we see Booker in his apartment in the projects, and he's he's accused of living in the projects only to get votes. Uh, He's working out uh, in a boxing gym. He's at home in upstate New York uh, with his parents, who are very well-educated and and activist parents. Um, And in a way, he's a ringer. I mean, listen to to his resume. Booker attended Stanford University, where he played college football and received a B.A. in political science and a master's in sociology. And then he goes and earns a Rhodes Scholarship and, at, at Oxford. And he returns home, and what does he do? He goes to Yale Law School. <laughs> All right. So this is, this is the trajectory. Who else had that trajectory similar to that? Barack Obama. Barack Obama also had similar fights uh, in, his early, in his political career, right?
0: That's right. In his case, uh, when he decided to run for senator, it was because the guy who had been senator did not want to run. And then he changed his mind and asked Barack Obama to leave the race. And Barack Obama said, No, I'm running.
1: Another street fight. Yeah. Well, this is a dramatic story of an underdog, albeit one with a, a great pedigree that uh, I just told you. Uh, like most good election films, the mystery of the outcome is what keeps you glued to it. But even if you do know what happened, it's easy to go online and see what happened. The storytelling in this film is superb. And what got me thinking about recommending that people see this film now, even though it's kind of an older film, is our ugly political battles are just getting uglier. The Republicans are already throwing mud and an offal at John Ossoff in Georgia, and everyone is willing to play dirty and dirtier. And those kind of tactics can't be good for our democracy. There's a film reviewer online who wrote about the uh, Street Fight film that we just uh, were talking about, that James' dirty politics were astounding. Much of the time, this is what the film review was writing. Much of the time, I couldn't believe what I was watching. If I'd been reading a popular novel, I wouldn't have batted an eye. But I was keenly aware through Curry's excellent narrative and camera that this story was firmly lodged in the real world. And that's one of those examples of something true. That's why I I love documentaries so much. These two stories can be much more powerful powerful than the fake ones you see in much of of American television. Uh, And that brings me up to another story. Uh, do we have time for a yes. second film to talk about? Please. Well, Marshall Curry, and I recommend that people go to Marshall Curry's website, Marshall Curry Productions. It's very easy to find, C-U-R-R-Y. And take a look at his films and the clips. And this is one of my, my favorite films of his. It's called A Tree, If a Tree Falls. Uh, it's a brilliant film. And now it's not that old. It's released in 2011. It's about the actions of a very shadowy group known as the Earth Liberation Front. And they burn and destroy timber plants, farms, even the Center for Horticulture at the University of Washington. And the film is a bit of a thriller because uh, you don't know whether the FBI is ever going to find the perpetrators. And you also don't know where your loyalties lie. I mean, I, if you're an environmentalist, sure, you, you don't want clear-cutting, but do you really want people to go burn down scientific facilities and, and university property?
0: Yeah, one of the characters in the film from what I saw in the trailer says, well, if they're going to harm the forest, I'm going to burn it down first so they can't harm the forest yeah. and that makes no sense to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you remember the the Monkey Ranch gang? Uh it was it's a great book. Well, it's a book from the early 70s and it really set the tone and it sort of recommended it, it celebrated as heroes these environmental activists who do this kind of work, but our definition of terrorism has changed. Let's let's listen to a little bit of this clip. A little bit of this. The Earth Liberation Front is turning up the heat again igniting devastating blazes all across the country.
0: Fire bombings included attacks on lumber mills, wild horse corrals, and meatpacking plants.
1: This investigation was the largest domestic terrorism case in the history of the United States. Sometimes when you see things you love being destroyed, you just want to destroy those things. I was like, man, this is butchered. It made me think, like, why are we being so gentle?
0: That's the guy I was talking about,
1: Barry. These people were once considered the number one domestic terrorist threat, environmental activists, number one most domestic terrorist threat. And the film is more than the G-Man versus the troublemaker. Uh, It asks this question, a very disturbing question, what really is terrorism? Uh, Do we celebrate these Monkey Wrench Gang characters as heroes or or pig-headed anarchists? And the genius of the film is to follow one ambivalent but destructive activist named Daniel McGowan and he faces a long sentence because of a terrorism enhancement. Have you heard of terrorism enhancement? No. A terrorism enhancement provision if the crime is terrorism. And actually, you see him interviewed in his sister's apartment where he's there on on house arrest, which is, if he's the most dangerous person in America, what's he doing under house arrest in a New York City apartment? Anyway, to ask that question of what is terror terrorism, if certain kinds of press that, protests that are now protected speech but morph into property damage and then become, quote-unquote terrorism who really suffers and you hear about states wanting to make stopping traffic during a protest a felony with long prison sentences a punishment and this is all a ploy to chill the protesters probably so so i highly recommend these two films are not all that old by a great filmmaker named marshall curry uh check them out online and they are all available and they're stunningly relevant
0: thank you larry for recommending those two films today
1: This is Vaya con Munoz with Natalia Munoz on 96.9 WHMP.